Welcome to our time of prayer and reflection on the ninth Sunday after Trinity, the 1st of August. Let us pray. O Lord, open our lips, and our mouths shall proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Amen. reading from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1 to 16. I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. 
The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for their work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children, tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by every ligament from which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. And now an extract from Psalm 78. So he commanded the clouds above and opened the doors of heaven. He rained down upon them manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. So mortals ate the bread of angels. He sent them food in plenty. He caused the east wind to blow in the heavens and led out the south wind by his might. He rained flesh upon them as thick as dust and winged fowl like the sand of the sea. He let it fall in the midst of their camp and round about their tents. So they ate and were well filled and he gave them what they desired. Amen. And now a gospel reading from John chapter 6 verses 24 to 35. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they said to him, Rabbi, when, why, when do you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not before because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the Gospel of the Lord. When did you become an adult, growing up into maturity? Talk for the ninth Sunday after Trinity. You need to grow up, Paul tells the Ephesian believers. Now, they were grown up, fully formed adults who'd taken the familiar paths through family life, work life, community life, including that big decision to deviate from the practice of the religion of their birth, to follow Christ. But nevertheless, to this audience of responsible adults, Paul said, you need to grow up. 
you need to come to maturity in the faith, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. Now, if I said to you, you need to grow up, how would you take it? For you are grown up. Let me approach the question in another way by asking you, when did you become an adult? Think hard about this one. I don't mean what year was it when you reached the age of majority. I'm asking when you became an adult. In asking when you became an adult, I'm inviting you to consider something deeper, to recall that experience in life which changed you from what Paul describes as a child tossed to and fro by other people into a person with your own knowledge, self-knowledge and knowledge of the world and how it works and of other people and how they behave adult knowledge, not necessarily comfortable knowledge, but knowledge which deepened you and strengthened you in a way which makes you think, that was the time when I grew up, that was the experience which turned me into an adult. A friend of mine who is fond of doing things like this once asked his wide circle of friends this question, when did you become an adult, and invited us to share our answers. One person said, in some ways I've been an adult since I was about eight years old. I had to look after myself for significant periods of time, get myself to and from places like school, etc. My mother is very much a child in an adult's body, and I have had to look after most of my needs as a child as she was just not able to. I think I've always been the adult in my family as neither of my parents were available to be that person. So I learned quickly how to be independent, look after myself and look after others. At other times, I still wonder if I am an adult now. I'm 40, but there are still so many times when I just don't feel like a grown up at all. I struggle so much with relationships and being level-headed that I feel like I can still act like a difficult teenager. I can still throw an almighty strop when my buttons are pushed and act out or be moody. This person wonders if their having to act grown up whilst very young meant that they've never really had the chance to be a child, and maybe that's why they sometimes act childishly now. Another person thought that they became an adult when their parents divorced, when they were around 14. They said, suddenly I felt the need to be the man of the house. This created huge amounts of friction with mum's new partner, eventually leading me to moving out. A bit of a bump start to adulthood. Again, another person said, I know it sounds like a cliche, but I think I became an adult when I reached 30, when my first child was born. I had to go through the fear of looking after and responsible for another person, although sometimes I still feel as if I'm a little boy now. When did you become an adult? My grandfather would say that he could never enter his second childhood as he hadn't finished his first one yet. Maybe you feel like that too. Another person when asked this question replied that becoming an adult is not about responsibility, it's not about age, it's not about taking on a family or a financial commitment because having kids and a mortgage doesn't make you an adult. What defines being an adult is your own stability. Realising you're an adult is 
when you wake every day and stop having those moments when you just want to vanish and hide. As an adult, whatever your circumstances, you will feel stable and have so many good things in your life that you couldn't possibly walk out on them, even if you had the desire to do so. Being an adult is realising the grass is not always greener and feeling secure enough to ride out the hard moments in life without feeling like you just want to run away and start again somewhere else. This same person ended their story by saying that, me personally, I'm not an adult, I still want to run. What did Paul mean when he said to the Christian believers, you need to grow up, you need to come to maturity in the faith to the measure of the full stature of Christ. The question he poses to us is, how do you become a Christian adult? And helpfully, he gives us three answers. First, he says, you become a Christian adult when you're no longer childishly tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness in deceitful scheming. You mature when you cease being influenced by other people's whims and desires and determined to follow the way of Christ in all things every day. The second thing Paul says is that we become Christian adults when, speaking the truth in love, we grow up in every way into Christ who is the head of the body. This encourages us to see that growing into Christian maturity is not a solo effort, but something we do together as we share our lives, our hearts, our thoughts, as we work together with Christ in service of the world, we grow together in maturity of our faith. In turn, the demanding common task of maturing together in faith creates community. Paul's third and last point is to tell us that Christian adulthood evolves our recognising that each of us is equipped to play our part in the body of Christ. That's right, it's not just the vicar who has the means to do this, it's all of us together who make this body function by the grace of Christ. Paul tells us that when each part is working properly, then the body grows in building itself up in love. The gifts God gives us are that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. You are gifted and you mature as a Christian when you recognise the gifts you have and find ways to exercise them for the good of all. When did you become a Christian adult? Or are you still on that journey of becoming? One sign of maturity is when we change our diet from the sweet but unhealthy foods beloved of children to those foods which we choose because we know they're good for our health. For Christians, maturity comes when we recognise the unedifying parts of our diet in life, those unhealthy influences, obsessions and desires of ours, and when we determine instead to eat of the bread of life, recognising that this is how we'll be filled and fulfilled, that our faith will make us whole. May God help us all, whatever our maturity in years, to keep growing into maturity in Christ and to enjoy all that means. God help us to keep encouraging each other in our Christian maturity and in working together 
to feed the world around us with this wonderful bread of life. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks that in a world of pain, yours is the way of healing. In a world of dispute, yours is the way of reconciliation. In a world of hatred and mistrust, yours is the way of love. In a world ill at ease and uncertain of its future, yours is the way of hope. <coughs> Teach us how to keep growing into the way of Christ and to enjoy all that means. Help us to keep encouraging each other in our Christian maturity and in working together to feed the world around us with this wonderful bread of life. Amen. With the Worldwide Anglican Communion, today we pray for the Church of the Province of Southeast Asia, for Archbishop and Primate Melter Tyus, and for our charity with this week, the Anglican Village Ministries, who are planting churches in villages and kampungs in the Diocese of West Malaysia, with 14 full-time workers and many volunteers working in education, thrift shops, agricultural development, drug rehabilitation, distributing food to the poor, housing assistance and church leadership training, youth training and Sunday schools. As we give thanks for the, the great variety of work which they are performing in this predominantly Muslim land, we ask God's blessing as they share the good news of Jesus through their work. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those we know who are in ill health today. Amongst them, Robert Hurd and Joan Robson, Jane Patton and Linda Baines. And we ask for God's help and healing for them and blessing on all who are caring for them. And we remember those who have died in the love and faith of Christ amongst them, Jesse Pettiford, Janet Clack, Kevin Nunn. Pray that God may keep us in faith and hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. A moment of quiet to offer to God our own prayers for ourselves and our needs, for our community, for our world. Almighty God, who sent your Holy Spirit to be the life and light of your church, open our hearts to the riches of your grace, that we may bring forth the fruit of the Spirit in love and joy and peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And let us join in the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.
we close with a blessing. May God the Holy Trinity make you strong in faith and love, defend you on every side and guide you in truth and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen.